Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hi, hello, Francis listeners. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. I am so excited to be with you today. I love this podcast. I don't know how much I've shared that with you, but I really do. And and I love learning from all of you and hearing your feedback and sharing our guests and the things that we here at Francis Roy, we learn and the lessons we learn and just this being a platform for transparency for us has always been so exciting and continues to be a really exciting journey and process, at least for me individually. And I know for my team as well. So We are going to be five years old this year. So July the 1st, we celebrate our fifth anniversary. And there's something that we have been doing since almost the beginning. I I can't really remember exactly when we picked it up, but I'm going to do a short mini series on our RWLs. And I'm going to break this out into three podcasts for you and really talk about what this means for us. We share this with you every few months, what our team is reading, that's the R, watching and listening to individually. And we usually write a blog about this and share it across social media, but we've never really talked about RWLs. And I recently had a podcast guest and I asked him, you know, what are your RWLs? And I didn't explain it. And he kind of just like went off and interpreted himself Uh, just what he was like watching and listening to in the market. And I thought, hmm, number one, that's really interesting. And number two, we are not doing a good job. And myself specifically, I am not doing a good job of explaining what each of these letters represent and why we focus on them. And so this episode is all about the R. It's about the read. And I'm going to share with you three books that I'm reading right now. We will also link in all of our information, what are, you know, some of the other teammates, those of us here at Francis Roy, what else are we reading? And we're really open and honest about what we're reading as well. I mean, sometimes all I'm reading for the month is a magazine or, you know, I've shared like, I I think during the pandemic, we were sharing what we were reading, watching, and listening to. And I was just like, all I'm really watching right now is my mouth because I've got an attitude and I'm not in a good place. And so it's just, you know, you're not always reading something constructive or productive. Sometimes you're reading something, a lot of the times you're reading for entertainment, not always education or efficiency. And so I think that's just as important, if not more important than making sure that we're always reading to learn. And in this episode, I really want to talk about reading. I have a lifelong love affair with reading and I have not been doing it as much. And I attribute that a lot to just being on social media. And so shifting a focus a little bit and going back to what I love to do, which is reading. When I was a kid, I really should have had my mom as a guest on this episode because she would get on me. I would read everything and I couldn't wait for the newest, the latest and greatest encyclopedia update to come in so that I could read that update book. If you are probably 40 years old or older, 
you know what I'm talking about. I'm stepping away from the mic just a little bit because I'm at home today and I have to close the door so you don't hear Jack Declan barking. But I, that was like my favorite day of the year. Sometimes it would come out every few years when we would get that new Encyclopedia Britannica and it would be the update and it would be kind of like the supplement because we didn't have Google back then. We didn't have Wiki and you would just get the, the most updated books, which was really cool. And I would read it cover to cover and was just really excited to absorb as much information as I could. I was also a giant R.L. Stein fan and I loved the Fear Street novel so much which is ironic because I'm a scaredy cat adult and pretty much everything scares me I have a hard time listening to crime podcasts by myself it just terrifies the shit out of me so I'm not really sure where, where that came from or, or why but I loved it and I would just read them and then hmm. A little bit of a confession here. My grandmother, Mama Francis, you guys know her. She had this giant box of Harlequin romances in her garage. And I would go in there whenever I would go there on the weekends or for the summer and read as many of those as I could. And honestly, I do not recommend it because it gives you a completely jaded view of how relationships should be in real life. But anyway, I just loved it. And I loved reading and I read everything I could get my hands on. I loved the Archie comics. Um, I would always get those at the grocery store and save up all my little, all my change so that I could buy a new Archie comic. I love Veronica and Jackie and don't even get me started on the new stuff that's out for them in Netflix because I'm not a fan. So anyways, but that is a different podcast for a different day. Today we're talking about reading and a while back, and I can't remember exactly when I read this article, but it was this really great article on deep reading and how deep reading leads to a good life and what it is. And I will try to hunt it down. Um, sometimes I read things on the internet and then I make little notes. I want to say I got it from Thrive Global. I really love that website, but man, it was probably 2015 or 2016, but I made a note here and it's, I'll, I'll read it to you now, but Consider a simple insight with large implications. Human beings were never born to read. Reading a written language is a cultural invention that necessitated totally new connections among structures in the human brain, underlying language, perception, cognition, and over time, our emotions. But just going on to add in that reading represents one of the most important epigenetic breakthroughs in the history of our species. Our very history was made possible by it. I love that thought and that idea. And certainly that there is some neuroscience at play here that we, that, you know, reading builds our language. It strengthens our neurology. It provides us with a foundation of cognitive function. And it's just so incredibly important. And if all of our reading is digital, I, I don't really have an opinion, neither here or there. If you are a major Kindle reader, if you like reading things on your phone, I personally don't think it matters for me. And I, I know that a lot of people express the same view that there's nothing like holding a book in your hand and connecting with it and kind of having this escape. And the book is a vehicle for that. And, you know, just teaching our brain to kind of shut off to all of the sensory 
And my son actually, who edits our podcast here at Francis Roy and does a phenomenal job. He told me once when he was younger, because he loved reading that when, as he read, he would create a movie in his brain. And I just was in awe of that at the time. And it's not like I don't do that, but I think if that's what this deep reading allows us to do, it allows us to use our imagination. That's why so many of us, I think, are disappointed when a movie comes out and it is not anywhere near what we had read in the books. Like, I don't want to throw the Harry Potter series out there, but you guys know I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. There are some discrepancies and some underrepresentation, so we'll just leave it at that. But it allows us to use our imagination and at some point set up a, an expectation for how the book, how what the people look like, what happened, why it happened, the sounds of their voice. I love that. I love reading a book and imagining the sound of someone's voice. Um, and I never really connect that to an audio book, but I love when people kind of play out characters and use different accents and things like that. And I tend to do that in my brain and it's just a really healthy way to use your brain. So um, right now I am reading three books. One was gifted to me. Another is a revisitation and one that's on a, a, the New York Times bestseller list. So I'm going to share these with you. The first one is the bestseller one. And I'm really enjoying this book. It's taking me a little bit of time to get through, but that's my own problem. It's educated, a memoir, Tara at Westover's memoir. And it's very interesting. It's on the New York Times bestseller list. It's on the list of the 10 best books of 2018. And, you know, the Washington Post, Oprah Magazine, NPR, they all said it was one of the best books of the year at that time as well. It's very, oh my gosh, it's very emotional. I'm going to be real. I'm not going to read you any of the, you know, I don't want to spoil anything or whatever, but Tara Westover, she was born in Idaho in 1986. So she's a millennial, but she received her bachelor's from BYU in 2008. She is a recipient of the Gates Cambridge scholarship. She also went to school at Trinity college and then was a fellow at Harvard. She got her PhD at Cambridge, Educated is her first book, and it is a memoir. It is true as she knows it. And, and that's something that has been very interesting to me is as I read this through, because she is a person who never went to a traditional public school or any kind of school. Her parents did not believe in education somewhat. And I mean, the worldly education, yes, but it wasn't until she kind of stepped out and you're going to hear me turning some of these pages here. So I apologize if that bothers you audio from in the audio, but what I found is a similarity between this like thirst for education. I have always felt that I have always felt like education would be my doorway and a boat, if you will, for me to really accomplish things and, and get to where I wanted to be. And uh, she educates herself. She has a lot of struggle with that. She does not get a lot of support uh, from her family. And if what I really appreciated about this book is that we do all remember things differently. And if she recollects something different you know, it's not kind of the same as her siblings recollected. She does notate that. So she gives multiple perspectives and it is not always just like, okay, that's the way it is. Because, you know, especially when we are experiencing trauma, 
as individuals, we have a tendency to remember things differently. So I thought that was very interesting and I liked it. And we'll link to it, Educated, a memoir by Tara Westover. Super interesting. The book that I'm revisiting right now is one that I've revisited often, and it was TED, not a TEDx, a Harvard EDU, a Harvard, you know, EDX class that I took, and it's called the uh, Disciplines in Entrepreneurship by Bill Allett, and he's the managing director of the Martin Trust Center for MIT entrepreneurship and it's 24 steps to a successful startup. And I read this book over and over and over again. And it's just so interesting. I love the section on market segmentation. There is a really great illustrated piece on the, uh, the search for the Holy grail of specificity, which is super interesting charting your uh, competitive position. And we're constantly doing uh, what competitive set analysis at the agency. And so this is, you know, a section of this book that I revisit a lot, quantifying your value proposition for your business, which I find to be super interesting and something that I go back to again and again, you know, the sales process, we talk about the customer journey a lot. And truly that is very relevant and equal to the sales process. And testing key assumptions, I mean, there's a lot of science behind entrepreneurship. And this book really has been a guidepost for me, a guidepost for me in terms of staying disciplined and consistent. You guys know how I feel about consistency. So some of this, what I really like about it is there's not a lot of technology. It's more about the science behind your business and the research and, you know, just positioning. And it, I feel like it's just, I, I just feel like there's no replacement for it. It's one of my favorite books, you know, defining high level product specs, uh, specification, the full life cycle use of just your business in general, super interesting building an end user profile. We do this a lot, you know, who, not just what you're selling, but who are the users, you know, what is their gender? What's their age? You know, if you're targeting, if you're a B2B and you're targeting another business, you know, what is that individual? This is your ideal customer. So what is their level of that company? What's their income, their education, their history, their context, and their personality. So we do a lot of that at the agency because it allows us to ensure that we're marketing and promoting um, effectively because every end user has different motivations. They have different frustrations. And truly at the end of the day, you want your business, your product to be a solution to those things, to the people who that you consider to be in your target market. So check this book out. It's very cool. It's totally worth it. I want to say it's $32, but you could probably get it on Amazon. I'm not really hundred percent sure. I love this quote. Entrepreneurship is not only a mindset, but a skill set. The 24 steps presents a practical step-by-step -step process to channel the creative spirit, to maximize the chances of success and ultimate impact. That is the founder of Lotus Development Corporation. It's a very interesting book. Again, it's called Disciplined Entrepreneurship, 24 Steps to a Successful Startup. Check it out. And the last book that I'm going to share with you that I'm reading right now 
is a gift. And my good friend, Heather Rees passed this book, Abby Womack's new book, Wolfpack. It's also on the bestseller list. I will read you Dr. Brené Brown's little quote here. I have not read a more important book. Honest, smart, and 100% actionable. This book has the power to change the way we show up and that changes everything. I love that. Wolfpack is how to come together, unleash your power and change the game. I love it. It's not just for women. It's for everybody. It's pretty revolutionary. As you know, Abby Wambach is a two-time Olympic gold medalist, a FIFA world champion, and the highest all-time international goal scorer for male and female uh, soccer players. She's an activist for equality and inclusion, and she is the co-founder of the Wolfpack Endeavor, which is a revolutionizing leadership development program for women in the workplace and beyond. I love her. Abby is, her voice is speaks true. There is so much about this book that I really, really, really like. And each chapter comes with the start of like an old rule and a new rule. And I'm not going to read them all to you because honestly, they're so damn good. You've got to read them for yourself. But I love chapter six. I'm sort of obsessed with chapter six. I've read it a couple of times today. It is so like mindset shifting chapter six is called demand the ball. And the old rule is play it safe and pass the ball. And the new rule is believe in yourself and demand the ball. And I love this. I, it just talks about a woman's competitive fire, who we are, our power that we need to own it. The most inspiring thing on earth is a woman who believes herself, who gives 100% and who owns her greatness unapologetically. And I think we all sort of feel the struggle to do that. It dials back into what we've talked about time and again about imposter syndrome. It just gets to the core of us feeling like we are not enough or we're not rising to the occasion or maybe we're a little afraid of what that looks like. I just flip and love this book, but it is a really great book on leadership. And I'm kind of hoping I want to uh, share with you. I love this. I shared this on Instagram to, um, I don't know, connect with me on Instagram. I've been sharing some of these quotes. Um, Chantel PD, you can find me on Instagram, but I love this. If you're not a leader on the bench, don't call yourself a leader on the field. You're either a leader everywhere or nowhere. I love it. Leadership is not a position to earn. It's an inherent power to claim. It is the blood that runs through your veins. It is born in you. It is not the privilege of a few. It is the right and responsibility of all. Leader is not a title that the world gives to you. It's an offering that you give to the world, you know, and leadership is something that I work on deliberately, but I will say, I feel like leadership is service and there is nothing that anyone on my, anyone on my team can do from a tasking perspective that I will not do. I'm never going to be above any job, scrubbing the toilets, making the coffee, ordering the supplies, you know. I love this concept of of servant leaders, but I think that there is a time for you to utilize your strength and kind of be out front. And sometimes there are only things that you can do. And, And Abby really covers that in chapter six. She talks a lot about Michelle Akers, who is the best, you know, soccer player in the world and how when they scrimmaged, uh, when she scrimmaged with her for the very first time, 
that Michelle was really coaching them and you could tell that she was holding back and she was losing by three goals or the team was losing by three goals. And then there was a point where she just ran and asserted her power and screamed, give me the effing ball. And she was going to be the one to do it and kind of get them back where they needed to be. And it was this balance of a leader that is willing to take a step back and coach and make sure everyone has the experience, but also assert themselves and demand the ball when it is required. And I just, that resonated with me because it isn't something that you hear very often that you should be doing, that you should always put others before yourself. And I certainly agree with that to a certain extent, but never make yourself small and never dim your own light. It really is about calling all women to glory, making sure that we don't quit. It really does encourage us to join each other as a pack. And I love as Heather shared this with me, I'm going to pass it on uh, to another person. And, And I love that I won't read who else was in this book, but there's this really great little note that says, welcome to the wolf pack. And there are all the women who read this before me have their names and email addresses in here. And so that was very powerful and I loved it. So anyways, next week, we are going to talk about watching and the W in watching what that represents. I am dying to hear what you guys are reading. My friend Lauren Walls was like, I am trying to read 50 books this year. And I love her beyond measure for so many reasons. And she has amazing goals. And I also need to have like a read goal this year, but sometimes I find I go back and read the same same things over and over again. But do you have a read goal? What is your R? What are your what are you doing right now? What are you reading and why? What is speaking to you? And then next week I'm going to be back to talk about watching, which I will tell you probably will include some HBO Max. But I also am very interested in what you guys are watching and why, what is worthy of your time? What are you finding interesting at the moment? So very excited to be able to break down our Francis Roy's RWLs over the next three podcast episodes. So can't wait to see and read and hear all about you guys and what you're reading. So I will talk to you next Monday. I'll have a list and we'll go through it and it'll be fantastic. Thanks so much. See you soon.